Hello friends, I do hope you recognize that theme song for If You Do, You Know What Time It Is, not by the clock alone, but it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. So glad to be with you today. So glad for uh, those of you that have let us know uh, that you appreciate this broadcast. We asked a couple of weeks ago for you to uh, uh, come to our website, leave a message on that website for us, or contact the radio station, and just let us know if we're being a blessing to you. It's such an encouragement to us to know, uh, because we are sowing seed, and we put the seed in the ground, God actually puts it in the human heart, and we don't know where it's going and what it's doing, and it's such a blessing to hear from some of you in our listening audience uh, that uh, uh, let us know that this broadcast and this ministry uh, is a blessing to you personally, and is helping you spiritually and, and otherwise. We would be so happy to hear from you. If you want to come to our website, type in TH. C-O-G, that's T-H-C-O-G, that stands for the Holy Church of God, right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates, where I have been the senior pastor for 40 years and counting. And uh, we're just grateful today for our listening audience. We appreciate you so very much and pray uh, constantly that we might be a blessing to you, whether you're listening live right now in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, or whether you're listening by computer anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, we're so glad that that you are tuned in today, and we pray that God's Word will instruct you, inspire you, inform you, and be a blessing to you. Amen. We're glad to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF, and I would encourage you uh, to get in a good Bible-believing church Sunday morning. There are many and many and ministers that broadcast right there on WMAF in Madison. There are churches in Madison. I, I am sure that you will re be received with a warm welcome, and I am sure as God's Word is brought to you that you're going to be blessed. Hallelujah. So if you've been uh, one of the alumni and you've not been faithful to be in God's house, uh, be a blessing and be blessed. Hallelujah. Praise God. And get up and go to church on Sunday morning. Well, we have a great uh, subject matter to begin uh, this teaching for this week as it continues as far as God wants to take it. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit's ministry and work in the believer, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the believer. And if you haven't believed on Christ, please stay tuned and be our very, very special guest today. As we go to God's Word, we're going to be talking about the mighty work of the Holy Spirit in our conversion and in our completion and all in between. Praise God. Amen. Without Him, there would be uh, uh, no true, authentic salvation. We need to recognize this place of the Holy Spirit in the work of salvation and in conversion and in keeping us and sealing us for heaven. We, we, he is absolutely indispensable to the true authentic faith. And by the way, our faith must be genuine. It must be real. It must be authentic. And that's why this message is so very, very important. 
Billy Graham years ago said that that and, and other pa- uh, ministers, prominent Bible teachers concurred and pastors that the term born again has been greatly misused and abused because of a lack of understanding of all that it really truly represents. And they had come to the conclusion that maybe we should use the term born from above to separate uh, what is now known as born again. And the word Christian has become so misunderstood and therefore misused uh, to accommodate so many sinful practices and so many uh, worldviews under that heading that we may need to define and maybe we should define a Christian uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ. At least attach that truth to the name Christian, because Christian means literally uh, like unto Christ. These followers of Jesus were so like him, they were first called Christians at Antioch. The world about them that saw the way they were living their life gave them that title. They didn't, they didn't pronounce themselves Christians. They were judged to be followers of Christ because of the way that they were now living their life. Their values and their behavior was in sharp contrast to the world about them. Listen carefully to these series of messages on the Holy Spirit's ministry and work in the believer. I believe God is going to use His Word uh, to bring together the church. I believe He's actually doing that. Uh, I believe that a people are being brought from a people, and I believe God's People who have been genuinely saved and converted, hallelujah, have, have, are being called to come out from among the world, not separating ourselves like the cults do from society. We're the salt of the earth and we've got to interact with this world system in order to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, but not to adapt its values nor its morals or follow what it says is important but get a kingdom view in our heart and in our life. Spiritual and eternal values changes us. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, and it separates us, segregates us, and, and, and causes us to be, as the Scripture said, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We become both salt and light in this sin-darkened world. Well, let's talk about this this great work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those that are saved. Listen carefully. He regenerates. He makes spiritually alive. I want to say that again. He regenerates or makes spiritually alive. You know, until we come to Christ, the Bible said that we are dead in trespasses and sins. But he that hath the Son hath light and life, and you hath he quickened or given life. The Holy Spirit is the person through which that life is transmitted and communicated in behalf of Jesus Christ to you and to me. Listen to Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, According to His mercy He saved us, by the washing 
of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. This is about our salvation. What makes it authentic? What gives it credence and credibility? It says, according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The actual process of regeneration is exclusively the work of the Spirit and is divine and is not a human work. The Holy Spirit ministers the beginning of all spiritual life and the process is a complete recreation and no mere fanning into flame of the divine spark as one writer said. It is not a matter of developing a higher nature, but creating of a new nature. The Greek word for regeneration is palingenesia. Palingenesia. It's a compound of palin, which means again, and genesis, which means birth. So it literally means a new birth. The Greek word rendered renewing comes from the verb meaning to make new. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So salvation, according to the Scripture, is a new birth. And the Bible bears this out in John's Gospel. I believe it's 3 and 3, where Nicodemus asked Jesus the direct question, what must we do to be born again? What must we do? Amen. And, and he said, what must we do to have eternal life, rather? And Jesus answered and said, you must be born again. You must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. And that's why uh, many Christian leaders have seen the term born again come to mean simply joining a church, maybe taking the sacraments or being baptized in water, discounting, discrediting this work of the Holy Spirit within the heart that must occur. So the Bible conceives salvation as the redemptive renewal of man on the basis of a restored relationship with God in Christ and presents it as involving a radical and complete transformation. Hallelujah! Wrought in the soul by God the Holy Spirit. To claim to be saved without this vital work of the Holy Spirit is to be spiritually deceived. It's a deadly deception. But thank God the new nature brings the newness of life. I like what Joseph Aline said about this issue. And I quote, He said, Conversion is no repairing of the old building, but it takes down the old and erects a new structure. From the foundation to the top stone, all is new. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me read a scripture to you about repentance and then the work of the Spirit that is permitted when we turn from darkness to light, from Satan to Christ. Amen. Listen to this. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. 
It said, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah or Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. The New International uh, uses the term where converted is to turn and I would heal them. The Amplified does the same thing where converted is written. One paraphrase says that lest they should turn unto me and I should heal them. So when we're talking about conversion, it is it should be described this way. The decisive act in which a sinner turns away from sin in genuine repentance and accepts the salvation that Christ alone offers. The imagery in conversion is that of turning. A person is going along a road and realizes he or she is on the wrong track. They will never reach the destination if they continue in that direction. So the person turns or is converted. He or she ceases to go in the wrong direction and begins going in the right one. Conversion changes the direction of one's course of life from the wrong way to the right way, the way that God wants. And I believe that is what true repentance is all about. Because repentance is when we decide to make that crucial, critical turn from the wrong way to the right way. From the turning from the darkness of deception and, and bondage and sin to the light and the love and the liberty of Jesus Christ. Therefore, true conversion requires a personal desire to turn from Satan to God, from sin to righteousness, <laughs> to, 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 to preceded by true conviction and true repentance. Ah, oh, friend. There's a great need today, a great need today for authentic faith, for authentic Christians. I use the term true conversion and authentic faith because the eternal destiny of our soul depends on the fact of our conversion. Listen to what Jesus said, and this has always been disconcerting and troubling to me and caused me to want to challenge uh, even church people that have been in church for years to make their calling, make their election sure, to not doubt their salvation, but to understand what salvation really, really is. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, Jesus speaking, he said, Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Listen, friends. Back in the mid-1980s, I remember this in America, a scam was uncovered 
which involved faking medical school certificates for phony doctors. It was estimated that some 10,000 doctors had counterfeit foreign medical degrees, which because they were so good had fooled almost everyone in positions of authority. The con man behind the deception was a man uh, um, uh, called Pedro de Menosis, uh, and through selling fraudulent documents had earned one and a half million dollars uh, in, in a three-year period. Well, he was eventually caught, and during the trial, the prosecution said that many American citizens would have received medical treatment from phony doctors. These phony doctors had paid this man, who had then provided them with their fake documents, claiming that they had completed the requirements of medical school and all of the requisite training. In fact, they had done nothing of the sort. He, who ended up serving a three-year prison sentence for mail fraud and conspiracy, admitted to the court that in three years of faking medical degrees, he provided about 100 clients with false transcripts showing they had fulfilled medical requirements of schools they did not attend. That is very scary. Going to a doctor that isn't qualified uh, to treat you. But it all goes to show how easy it is to dupe people and how easy it is to be deceived. And of course, the trouble in this case, the deception is very serious indeed, because it is about life and death. And friend, I would submit to you today that spiritual deception is far more serious, because it's not just about life or death, but what happens after death. I don't want a phony doctor who really isn't qualified fooling around with my health and my body. And I don't want a false preacher fooling around with my soul. Folks, Jesus wants to give you and me genuineness and authenticity. He wants us to know that we know that we know (laughs) that we know Christ is our Savior. And He wants us to know it now, not to wait after we die to try to figure this out. We need this blessed assurance in our hearts, in the here and in the now. So there is a test of true conversion, and the first test is, is what we read about in the opening statements of this study. It is spiritual regeneration. Titus chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. Listen, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Someone has said, I'm going to quote it to you today, about regeneration. Every person must be spiritually regenerated, in effect to be born again, to enter into the kingdom of God. Listen, the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, the minimum qualification for entry into heaven is not what we do, but what we are. 
the minimum qualification to be a candidate for the U.S. presidency is to be born an American. The finest politician will be disqualified if he is not proven to be born an American. He can change his name, his dress, his speak, his behavior, and behave like an American, but by law he can never be a presidential candidate. Spiritual regeneration, or to be able to be born again, according to the Scripture, qualifies us to enter into the kingdom of God. We want to reiterate right now, when Nicodemus came to Jesus secretly by night and asked the most important question that could ever be asked, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus answered that in John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And unless he becomes a little child, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. There's a lot of animosity, anger, and angst from the world if you are called a born-again Christian. You see, if you're born of the Spirit, there's a new direction in your life. A radical change has occurred. You don't just profess Christ. You actually and truly follow Christ. You are not sinlessly perfect, but you have a new nature, a new set of desires and values. Praise God. Amen. Some years ago, a crowd of men and women gathered on a street corner listening to a young orator tell of the blessings of socialism. He grew eloquent as he told of all that socialism could do for men and women. In his enthusiasm, he cried out, Socialism can put a new coat on a man. In the crowd was one who had but recently experienced the saving power of God and his life. He cried out in answer to that challenge of socialism, Jesus Christ can put a new man in the coat. Hallelujah. Our friend today, I'm going to submit to you better a new man in an old coat than the old man in a new coat. Any tailor can make a new coat, but only God in Christ, operating in a human heart by the power of His Holy Spirit, can make a new man. So when you or I receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, a miracle occurs. A mighty change takes place. Hallelujah. And this change takes place instantaneously. It is a miraculous, uh, as miraculous a change as a, any miracle we read about in Scripture. It is supremely supernatural. It may be mimicked, but no imitation can be true and real. Men may pretend to be regenerated without the Spirit, but they cannot be regenerated in actuality. It's a change so marvelous that the highest attempts of man can never achieve it or reach it. We may reason as long as we please, but we cannot reason ourselves into regeneration. We may meditate until our hair becomes gray with study, but we cannot meditate ourselves into the new birth. The new birth is accomplished in us by the sovereign will of God alone. Like someone said, the Spirit, like some heavenly wind, blows on the sons of flesh 
inspires us with a heavenly mind and forms the man afresh. Hallelujah. The great question that is before us today is not about just accepting the right religion, <laughs> ah, but coming in to that reconciled relationship with God where the Holy Spirit is allowed to come into a surrendered will and a surrendered heart and begin to supernaturally change the atmosphere of that mind, the attitude of that heart, and the direction of that life. And when He does, you, me, anyone who receives truly receives Christ and repents of their sin, we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And by virtue of the achievement of that grand, miraculous, supernatural work of God in the human heart, you know, the Bible said as it is written, I will take out the heart of stone, I will replace it with a heart of flesh. That is, once again, not a works-based salvation. But it is a salvation that is verified because we begin to serve a different master from a brand new heart that is now set on things above and not the things of the earth. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said we need to work out our salvation. Amen. With fear and trembling. It is not about working to earn heaven. It's about allowing what the Holy Spirit is, has done and is doing within us to come out and be seen in the way that we live our life, the, the, the choices we make in life, our attitudes, the atmosphere of our heart and soul is to follow Jesus Christ to serve Him, to bow to no other God, not to serve the devil anymore. The Bible is very clear today. We can't change ourselves. There's even an Old Testament scripture that says, Can a leopard change his spots? It's a rhetorical question. We all know that's his nature. That's what he is. That's who he is. He can't change himself. But here is the good news. While we can't change ourselves. We can confess our sinful nature. We can confess our sinful acts. And we can open our life for God to change us. You know, it's written in John's Gospel, chapter 1, As many as received Him. As many as received Him. To them gave He the power to become the sons of God. It's God that does this mighty work. It's God that makes this change within. And we begin to pursue His will and purpose for our life. And that change, therefore, is evidenced without. Somebody has told me many times down through the years as a pastor, I can't live the Christian life. I will agree wholeheartedly with you. You can't just live the Christian life. But here's what you can do. You can receive Christ as your Savior. And then the Holy Spirit is authorized to change all of the atmosphere and attitude of your heart and give you that authority that you know never possessed before. Amen. To trust in God and to work out and walk out and live out 
the salvation that occurs within. Ah, friend of mine, don't run from God today. Run to Him and come to Him just like you are, right where you are. And and when you do that, you authorize the Holy Spirit to come and do a mighty work within. Every captive can be set free. There are no hopeless cases in Jesus Christ. Not one. No sir. No ma'am. Not you today. Thank God. Thank God. The Holy Spirit has come and stands ready to enter into the heart of any man, woman, boy or girl that will receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, repenting of their sin. And you will experience the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And you will know that you know that you know that something so wonderful has occurred. You will go to bed, sleep in peace. You will get up and live your life with purpose and hope and holy anticipation. And today, if you're a Christian, work out. The Holy Spirit is in you to help you to live it out, walk it out. Hallelujah. So that others may know what God can do in any life that comes to Him and receives Christ. Our time is gone. Come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.